Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church located in Katy, Texas. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing that faith with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message. God bless your week. Who had everything he could ever ask for, it was him. Wealth, status, Power, women, wisdom, you name it, he had it. Wealth? Well, let's just put it this way. He received every year 25 tons of gold. Rough estimates today put that at about a billion dollars a year. Not a bad salary, eh? He could buy whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. His house was filled with gold, utensils, ivory, furniture, the best that money could buy. His status? Well, he was the king. He could do whatever he wanted. He had the power to do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Everyone knew his name. And his power, in one example, is shown in his family life. 700 wives, 300 concubines. And on top of it all, he had wisdom. He's said to be the wisest man who ever lived. King Solomon had it all. He was a wise ruler, he was a gifted judge, a gifted writer, a gifted poet, and yet at the end of his life, as he's reflecting on everything that he has accomplished, everything that he has done, this is what he says. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. What does a man gain from all his labor at which he toils under the sun? Is there anything new under the sun? All share a common destiny, the righteous and the wicked, the good and the bad. The same destiny overtakes all. They all join the dead. Those are excerpts from the the book of Ecclesiastes in, in Scripture. It's most likely that Solomon wrote these inspired words of God. The man who had everything looked at everything he had done, everything that he had, and he says, meaningless. Solomon realized after a long lifetime of chasing everything that the world had to offer, everything left him empty. And none of it answered the problem of death. And this realization that Solomon had at the end of his life is true wisdom for us as well. Because our value in life, our purpose in life, our meaning in life is not and can never be found in the empty ways of the world. What is it that the world promises you to find happiness and fulfillment and purpose? Maybe it's money, maybe it's power, maybe it's a better job, maybe it's sex. Whatever it is, if you chase after one of them or all of them and find your value in life in those things, you're going to be sitting right next to King Solomon at the end of his life saying, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. What does a man gain from all his toil under the sun? It's like chasing after the wind. King Solomon's realization is for us as well this morning because there is nothing on this earth, no amount of money in your pocket, no amount of power in your job, no amount of sex, no amount of pleasures, no amount of anything that can save us 
from death's grip. The only thing that promises and guarantees victory over the grave is God's eternal plan. God's eternal plan that was fulfilled for you by Christ in his holy, precious blood, more valuable than anything else. That is what saves you from the grave. And that's what gives you new life. God's eternal plan brings you new life. So listen again to Peter's words in verse 18 as he says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you by your ancestors. An empty bank account, an empty refrigerator, an empty gas tank, an empty promise. Empty usually leads to disappointment, despair, and sadness. And that's what Peter is getting at when he describes the way of life that is handed down to us by our ancestors. No matter what you chase after in this life, if you, find only, if you only find your value and your purpose in this life, in the things of this world, whether that's money or power or sex, pleasures, whatever it is, they might promise fulfillment, they might promise meaning, they might promise value, And maybe they give you a small snippet of joy, but in the end, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. Solomon's words to us in Ecclesiastes are a sucker punch to the gut to anyone who chases after the things of the world to find their value and their meaning because, again, nothing on this earth can save you from the inevitable. Nothing is going to save you from the grave. And when we die, we're all going to face an impartial judge. An impartial judge who doesn't care how well of a game of life that you played. It doesn't matter how much money is in your pocket. doesn't matter how much power you had. doesn't matter how many people you've slept with. It doesn't matter about any of that. We're going to face an impartial judge who can't be persuaded, can't be bribed under the table, doesn't care how many friends you've had, doesn't matter what your last name is, he's going to ask you one question, have you been perfect? And of course the answer is is no. But that's where Peter's comforting and encouraging words in this text come in and save the day because you were redeemed. You were bought back from an empty way of life. You were bought back from chasing after worldly things that promise nothing and give nothing. You were redeemed from an empty way of life, not with perishable things like silver or gold, not even with 25 tons of gold. You were redeemed with God's Son's blood, holy and precious, perfect, more valuable than anything you could imagine. Valuable enough to bring you out of death's grip. Valuable enough to bring you out of an empty way of life into a new life with God, a relationship with him. God's eternal plan of salvation in Christ's blood brings you into new life. The lamb without blemish, without defect, that is what buys you back from death. The Passover lambs, those first Passover lambs that were sacrificed thousands of years ago, were sacrificed in order to 
save the Israelites from the last and most intense plague that God was sending against the Egyptians. It's the death of the firstborn. God commanded the Israelites, take a year-old lamb without blemish, without defect, bring it into your homes and slaughter it at twilight. And take its blood and paint it upon the beams of the doorposts of your home. And so when the angel of death passes through the land, striking down the firstborn, when that angel of death comes to that home with the blood painted upon the doorposts, it will see that a death has already occurred. That the penalty has already been paid. That lamb was the substitute for the firstborn. So death cannot touch that home. It needs to pass over. Jesus is your Passover lamb. His blood was poured out and painted not upon beams of a doorpost, but upon a cross and covered you in his blood, marking you as his own. Death cannot touch you. It must pass over. He was the substitute. His death is your death. It has been paid. God's eternal plan of salvation in Jesus' blood has been fulfilled. It brings you out of death's grip forever. You don't have to worry about the grave. And it helps us to live a new life in reverent fear for God, a, a life of respect and love and honor for him who has saved us from the grave. And it changes our mindset completely. Listen again to verses 17, which at first might seem harsh. But when we see that we've been bought in Christ's blood, it changes everything. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners in reverent fear. Did you catch it? That impartial judge who isn't going to judge according to any human standards, according to money or power or name, yes, he's going to judge impartially. But when he asks you whether or not you have been perfect, your answer will be yes. In Christ, your sins are taken away. You stand as a perfect child of God, a child who gets to call that impartial judge your father, who loves you and cares for you and rescued you out of the grave. And when we see our father not as an impartial judge, but as a father whom we can call out to, we live a life of fear and love and respect and honor to him and we listen to his encouragement, live out your time as foreigners in reverent fear. Have you ever traveled to another country? I've gone out of the country a, a few times and I can tell you that every single time from the moment you step off the plane, you can tell that you aren't living in America or you aren't in America anymore. Everything is different from the way that people eat to, to transportation Everything is different. Every country lives differently. And at first, it, it, it's kind of scary. It's a, it's a little intimidating. You feel like you're standing out. You feel like everyone's eye is on you. And you're, you're afraid to embarrass yourself. You, you feel like you don't want to embarrass yourself. And yet, you're just traveling. What does it matter? What does it matter what those people think of you? You're 
you're just there for a week or two enjoying your vacation. What does it matter if they think you're weird? That's kind of how God calls us to live here on earth. We live as foreigners, as travelers in a completely foreign land. And that means that we are going to look different. We are going to act different. We are going to live differently. As Christians, living in reverent fear for our Father who loves us and has saved us from death's grip, we recognize that chasing after the things of this world, the empty way of life handed down to us by our forefathers, is meaningless. We see money and wealth as nothing other than a blessing from God that has, he's given to us to care for our earthly life and to support his church. Living in reverent fear recognizes that our purpose and our value is not found in raising up children that chase after that same empty way of life that has been handed down. Instead, a, a Christian living in fear raises up children recognizing that they are the next generation of men and women to tell and proclaim the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. Living in reverent fear recognizes that my value and my purpose is not in my occupation, it's not in my job, but that is simply a blessing that God has given to me to work and to be honest and to be trustworthy and to be hardworking and when that happens, people will notice. People's eye will be on you. You will look different. You will act different. And it'll be a great opportunity for you to proclaim why it is the way that you live. Why it is that you aren't chasing after money. Why you aren't chasing after your own personal gain. Why you live differently in reverent fear for the Lord. And it's not always going to be easy. But it is going to be worthwhile. Because with King Solomon, we can look at everything in this world and we can say, meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless because none of this saves me from the grave. Only Christ's blood is what saves me. He is my everything. He is my all. He is the one that brings me out of death to life. God's eternal plan brings new life. God's eternal plan gives us the power to say those words, I'm but a stranger here. Heaven is my home. Let those words comfort you as you live your life here on earth in reverent fear as a foreigner, looking different than everyone else in the world, living your life in a way that proclaims Christ crucified and Christ risen for you. Amen. Please stand as we confess our common Christian faith. We know your time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you be so kind as to click to follow our show and give us a five-star rating? That's a quick and easy way to help us get the message of truth out to more people. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.